Jackson to find out he was a bodyguard yeah, for Britney Spears. That. That was... To find out he was a bodyguard for Diddy. That's incredible. You got him reduced to crime time. I feel like as an adult, like when you go back and think about things from your childhood. There's like, no way I should have liked that. There's no way I should have been okay with that. And you start realizing like some cartoons you go back and you're like, wow, that was really racist. Absolutely. I, uh, me and my friend was watching Winnie the Pooh the other night. And we were like, wow, when you truthfully realize that like Pooh dealt with the eating disorder, Tigger dealt with ADHD, Eeyore dealt with depression, Piglet dealt with anxiety issues. Like that show is about life. That's what's so it like. We could bring this back to SpongeBob. I was just about to say we could bring it back to SpongeBob. All those guys have schizophrenia. We could bring it back to uh, Fairly Op. And I know this is this is what we do on the podcast, guys. So we're, yeah. we're slightly branching off. Yeah, sorry but about that. We talk about it. I talked about it with my friend recently on uh, talking about Fairly Op parents. I was like, because what's the one takeaway like that I try to take away from every show? I try to take away the life lesson. Right, right. When you look at Chester, when you look at who was it? it was Chester, Timmy, and um. It's about to drive me up a wall. Wanda? Nah. Um. Um. Oh my gosh. Uh, Chester, Timmy, and AJ. Um, Chester was, of course, their friend that lived in a trailer park. Right. Timmy, we all know Timmy. And AJ was the black, was the black boy. I told my friend, I said, interestingly enough, the, all three of their parents are never in the house, right? right? All three sets of parents are never in the house. I said, here's the interesting part. Chester lived in filth. Chester used to literally be eating stuff out of the garbage. Like Chester used to, he had to live on his own. AJ, which I thought was interesting with the role reversal. AJ is black. Yeah. AJ's parents was never home, but AJ had the mansion. AJ had the house that was spotless. AJ had the maid. Timmy was the person that was in the middle with fairly odd parents. I think the purpose of that show is if you are not involved in your kid's life, one way or another, your kid is going to go out and get the stuff that they want. Exactly. Whether you're there or not. So to wrap it in a cute little bubble for kids, go ahead and just wish for what you want. Most kids are going to go out and take what they want. You're going to explore the world one way or another. Absolutely. And what did Chester do? Chester explored the world. Probably not in the best way that they wanted him to. I got to go back and watch that show. Timmy, I'm telling you, bro, Fairly Odd Parents was a heavy show for me. I don't know if you read it, but I wrote about Courage the Cowardly Dog once. You did. Yes, you did. Absolutely. That might have been for the 90s issue. Yeah, that show, I mean, I... So I, fire. By the way, I love that show. So fire. <laughs> I mean, we're talking about a neurotic purple dog in the middle of nowhere with two abusive owners. <laughs> Big facts. Big facts. Who is terrified of them. Like, he has, petrified. He has PTSD. That's exactly what he has. Like, it's funny in the show, but, like, in reality, <laughs> I mean, that dog is... like He's messed up, bro. The dog is abused. We need to get it. We need to call... I would say call Peter, but they're awful. Um, oh gosh, what's a good ASPCA or something? I you might you might have me on that. See, we can talk about cartoons all day because Scooby Doo. There's oh, Sco oh there's a whew, oh teaching you that the monsters in our lives are never somebody that we don't know. It's usually people that are very very close to us. Oh my god! Oh my god! Scooby Doo is a heavy. I'm telling you, man. Cartoons are not just cartoons. Um, but again, we 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 digress and we get back away from that. But. I like the fact that we just got off of our brutal fight talk to talk about cartoons for like three minutes. That was kind of cool. Um, but you guys are listening to Talk That Talk on 91.5, the Rebel HD2, KUMV Las Vegas. We still have about 20 minutes before this last break. Um, yeah, before this last break. So we might as well talk about uh, that last fight night. 
And that last fight night, um, the main event, Alistair Overeem, who is a, a, a living legend in this um, industry, fighting against somebody who is, God willing, will be here a long time in terms of this division. He's so young, bro. Like, And, that, and the person I'm talking about is Walt Harris. And um, if you know anything about Walt Harris' story, Walt Harris was fighting for the first time since uh, the tragic murder of his stepdaughter. Rest and in peace, uh, rest man. in peace to Anaya. So and it it's the story the story was was brutal and to see Walt fight back the way that he did and I don't mean in the actual fight before the fight started but to go through sitting in that courtroom looking that man in the eye knowing that you can kill a man with your bare hands did that and man you get walk charged? away that's a valid question I'm not even sure bro how old is Walt anyway Hmm. Oh man, that that's uh, I said on ESPN. Uh, so Walt's thirty six. He's young in the sport. Walt's thirty six. Um, that feels fu- like I would have to do more research. Hopefully next week I can come back and tell you if like exactly what happened on that case. I don't want to shoot from the hip and be wrong. That feels funny to say, but like thirty six is it's not old for the UFC, man. Not at all. And I think it's one of those things to where he just fought Overeem, and Overeem still wants to um to uh compete for a heavyweight champion again championship again the night that he fought overeem turned 40 at midnight wow so we we just talked about i understand it's a different sport but it's still combat we talked about gennady golovkin being uh 38 so we're seeing with and this goes back to what i told my dad like the sport has changed so much now right i'm looking at people in a, a, a sport as brutal as mixed martial arts still stick around like a person like andre arlowski I remember specifically when watching one of his um, one of his prelims uh, not too long ago. I told my dad because Daniel Cormier was saying it. He said, "I remember in 2011 when he had got knocked out back to back times, and everybody said he should hang him up." That was nine years ago. Arlovski is 37, I think now, or 38. And people were telling him to give up before he even turned 30. And that's what's interesting because it makes you look back and say. And now Arlovsky is that legend, that 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 um that historical name that you want to get in the octagon with. But I'm watching him give people who are supposed to be the future of the UFC problems. Oh my god, man. And his conditioning has always been what it's been. So I, I don't know, man. You look at some of these legends and it's just like it's unbelievable. So looking at Walt Harris versus uh Alistair Overeem, I've always grown up an Overeem fan. Like I've me and my dad, we used to watch Overeem fights for like for giggles, bro. And it got to a point to where anytime Overeem got and I should know this because this sport is so unpredictable. Anytime Overeem has ever been finished, I've been astonished. I've been like what's his you know his record? He is and I want to shoot from the hippies, 46, 18, and one. I wanna say. That's a lot of fights. He's had over ninety professional fights if you include kickboxing. He is, do I have his record? I remember. 46, uh, 18, he's not one, but he's 46 and 18. He doesn't have a draw. Wow. I, I remember I was, this was years back. Uh, my brother was telling, I was, I came to Vegas to visit my brother, like in my family in 2012. Mm-hmm. And when I got there, like they were all like, you know, watching some fight and like they were just all about the fight game, all about UFC. Right. And I think at this time I was like 15 and I asked him, I was like, you know, is it really big over here? And he's like, this is our sport. We don't, at the time there was no Golden Knights. Right. He was like, this is Vegas's sport. Like, this is what we, 
And I was like, okay, yeah, that makes sense. Makes a lot of sense. Because I'm not saying people don't love it back in Florida, but as far as what I've heard talked, I mean, Vegas, it has more buzz, I'm guessing. Fight capital. For sure. Fight capital, for sure. That's everybody fights here for the most part. I mean, not any, everybody, but well, any you would think anybody who's anybody would want to have a fight night in Vegas. Yeah, you just want one. Like MGM, you want, yeah, you need that. Mandalay Bay, and that's what's so interesting because I tell my dad too. Like, yes, I have this now, and I love the T-Mobile Arena. Like, if you've ever been to the T-Mobile Arena, it's a beautiful arena. I haven't. I'd love to go though. One day we're going. Oh yeah, we're going, bro. Say less. We're we're going somewhere. I don't care if we go to UFC weigh-ins. We're going some. We're going to something. Oh, you have yeah, to man. see that. You have to see that arena. Hell yeah. Um. It's so dope, bro. I'm really surprised you haven't seen it yet. We're definitely going. Um, I mean, I've driven past it a million mm-hmm. times, but uh, when was it finished? Uh, I, I want to say it finished when I'm right before I moved out here. So I moved out here 2017. So 2016? Yeah, around there. I want to say probably 2016. And I'm not, I'm not fact no, checking that one. It but yeah. looks amazing. So does the, by the way, the new Death Star. <laughs> Allegiant Stadium. I said that on on. Uh, shout out to George. Shout out to George Medina. They, for that they just took down the scaffolding, I believe. Did they? Yeah. Oh, bro, I'm driving by today. I yeah, absolutely. It, I, I that's what I heard. I mean, I haven't seen the photos, but I read about it. Yeah. Somebody uh, shout out to George because he asked me on the pod on his podcast. Um, was it like did it embody what the Raiders were? And I told him like it's funny because you would always think that it's kind of hard to like do something for a team whose identity is the black hole i told him if there was ever a black hole stadium we have it yeah i said that thing looks like a transformer bro like that thing is crazy i could feel like al davis's presence uh, presence everywhere it's it's all in there the first time they light that torch i might cry al davis saw the pick of henry ruggs and he just oh he screamed Absolutely. He screamed at the top of his lungs. Absolutely. Speed. He was like, yes, speed. (laughs) He's going to burn you. Speed. The only thing Al might have been concerned about is that they didn't trade up to number one to get him. Yeah. You got to make him a top five pick. Pay him that Just out of principle. Shout out to Darius Hayward Bay. Yes. And who actually did have a- He had a a solid career. In Pittsburgh. He did. He 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 let the Raiders down. He let the Raiders down by far. But when he went to Pittsburgh- you could probably look at a person like Ben, Big Ben, and be like, "Roethlisberger gave you that." But anyway, um, again, uh, that that Walt Harris, um, Alistair Overeem, you're looking at two completely different spectrums in terms of fighter. You have one person who probably has seen everything, and you have one person who's still getting used to it. So, um, what I will say about Walt is shout out to his composure he came out and hurt alistair and didn't jump on him right away but when he did finally jump on him you can kind of see he exerted all his energy when he finally did so i think it was almost in in his in in his pre-locker room or his pre-fight discussion almost in his locker room it seems like to to wait for your opportunity yeah don't do it don't gas don't don't gas yourself and i feel like he hurt him early, he didn't, and then he hurt him again, and he was like, I could finish him. And I think that's when he went for it, and he kind of gassed him, and by the second round, Alistair, literally it was a role reversal, and Alistair finished him. I feel like you have to have a crazy amount of, uh, like, your cardio's got to be insane to do insane. UFC, man. Insane. Shout out to TJ here, uh, shout out to uh, Coach Tim, because 
I'm actually going to reach out now since school is um, back out. But I, I wanted to reach out to him simply because me and TJ were supposed to um, box. Me and TJ were supposed to do some boxing. And I told him I want, I want to train. And he was like, um, what do you want to like train for? And I told him I want to train for a list of things. But I told him, regular cardio and boxing cardio different. is different. I told him I want my cardio boxing level. He said, oh, all right. He said, go get your gloves and come back. So, of course, the quarantine kind of shut everything down. But I'm telling you, bro, if me and TJ could lock into a gym and do it Dude, boxing, like, cardio, safely. I'd probably die. What, cardio-wise? <laughs> yeah. I'm not going to lie, bro. It, if you are smart about prepping yourself. Like me, I have no problem admitting. And people who know me know. I was 100 pounds heavier. So I and I have asthma, so I have no problem if I feel like I'm about to die. Like I'll tell you, like bro, I'm gonna stop. I don't care how you feel. I'm gonna stop. I, I have a heart murmur. Or so you did tell me that. So for me, like, I don't know if I should blame it on the fact that like I'm just lazy. <laughs> like I work out at the gym, but like I don't like to do cardio, like except like walking on like the uh, or doing the stairmaster. Right. But dude, like running. I hate running more than a lot of things in this life, man. Like, mo more than the majority of things. Really? Like, you know, like, at, at the gym here? The rec like, center. The track at the top? I was just about to go to that. Dude, I was running there. I had my headphones in. I was like, I am so miserable. <laughs> I'm not doing that. I'm just going to go home. I'm not running that indoor track, number no. one. But I will get on the treadmill, and I'll go, bro. I'll go two miles, three miles. I'll just go. That I can't do what's it called, though. I can't do that indoor and you have track. Asthma? I do. Man, that's impressive, man. I'll pace it. Keep in mind, I'm not running the full three miles. Like, I'll pace it. I'll run half a mile and walk 0.2 miles and run the rest of the mile. Like, something like that. You get me? But I'm not. But granted, too, I had to learn how to get on the treadmill. I tore my Achilles. Wow. So, majority of my rehab was on the, on a treadmill. So, on a treadmill, on the, stair, on the Stairmaster. So. Well, I was one of those kids. I did, like, the mile in PE in middle school. <laughs> I used to then, walk that joint. Yeah, yeah, I used to walk it with the kids that used to wear, like, the... <laughs> the cookie monster pajama pants the psychopath you know the little the hat with the yes D bro with the dc shoes that's hilarious they, they had the echoes oh my gosh bro the asics yeah you know those kids you know <laughs> we weren't always like you know compatible but that oh, but man. in pe when we had to run the mile oh we're vibing yeah we're best friends we're vibing it's like we knew each other <laughs> Bro, I'm telling you, man, I was not running that mile in height. But like I said, I was 100 pounds heavier. So, I mean, granted, I, the biggest I've gotten was in community college. It wasn't at uh, high school. It wasn't in high school. But clearly, I wasn't where I'm at now in high school. So, um, that injury kind of shifted it for me and made me kind of go into that. But speaking of injuries, um, we can wrap up our mixed martial arts talk with this. Stipe Miocic. <laughs> has came out and told the rest of the heavyweight division and i quote stop crying <laughs> steve has been injured for a little bit since defending his, or since winning his title back against daniel cormier everybody is at this point wondering when the, the mega fight is going to happen between either him and francis Ngannou or the Ngannou third matchup between him and dc man i'd love to see him against Ngannou. i want to see him in dc again bro i do i do DC is keep in mind DC only has two losses. Both and they're to both to John Jones. John Jones. He hasn't lost to, or I take that back. Three losses because now Stipe, the knockout loss. But it's funny because when he fought Stipe the first time, I said, I think Stipe is gonna knock him out. 
And my dad was like, really? And I was like, I do. I was like, but DC can wrestle, bro. Like he like world class wrestler. And when he got in that first first um fight, and he did what he did to Stipe, I looked at my dad and said, Dad, he has two losses, and they're both to perhaps the greatest of all time. I said, Where does DC fall on that list then? I mean, like I said, I'm not the most informed about UFC. I watch, mm-hmm. but I mean, just that record alone and i've i've watched like a good amount of his fights mm-hmm. he can't be too too can't far be too far and what's interesting is when he lost to stipe one would argue that he didn't fight his style of fight toward near nearing toward the finish he kind of you've seen it in in john jones second in his john jones second fight he started to get out ahead of himself a little bit he kind of started to rush forward a little bit and I, I think that's why this third matchup i think dc goes into it a little uh, at, a, at a different level mentally and i think dc puts the world back on notice and i think that essentially is what sets up john jones versus dc a third time for a heavyweight title this time I was just going to ask you, do you think they're going to fight again? I do. The reason why I do think that is because um, I don't think John Jones is going to fight Francis Ngannou. And that's who he wants, which is interesting. I'm not sure yeah, if he's... What's the weight? Yeah. Well, because John, John, I think, walks around at 220. Right. So I'm pretty sure he will probably allow himself to probably be a little bigger and then walk around maybe 240 and cut weight to probably 230 or maybe cut weight to 220 or whatever the case may be. Um, or I'm sorry, wait, walk around at 230 and cut it to 220 if he walks around at 220 typically to cut for 205. Um, my only issue is Francis Ngannou, I believe, is probably close to 250. My only issue with that is... I've watched John and I told my dad, outside of George St. Pierre, congratulations on the Hall of Fame um, induction. Congratulations. Um, outside of George St. Pierre, John Jones is the one person that I don't think you want to see twice. I certainly wouldn't. Daniel Cormier lost a unanimous decision the first time, or lost a decision the first time, got knocked out the second time. Alexander Gustafson, in my opinion, won that fight the first time, but he lost a decision to John Jones in that first fight. And got finished in the second fight. So this is the only thing about John. And I know, and I watched a couple of John fights almost last night. And especially in championship fights or five-round fights, John Jones fills you out for the first eight minutes of the fight. Give or take. Regardless of what you're doing, he fills you out. Younger John didn't used to do that. Younger John, once he finds the range, it's, it's kind of over. As he's gotten older... He's become more of a defensive fighter, and I kind of I appreciate that about him. But I'm not sure you can fill out Francis Ngannou for a full 25. And I don't know that John, and I know John is a strong wrestler. I don't know if he's getting Francis to the ground. Not with that weight difference. He had a hard time getting Dominic Reyes to the ground. I don't know, man. I would like John Jones to fight Curtis Blades. That's my personal opinion. But I think Curtis Blades is going to fight Derek Lewis soon. I got to look into that. But, but I would love to see a DC, because uh, there seems to be a genuine hatred between those guys. Genuine. It's a genuine. You see that interview where they went off, uh, it was like supposed to be off the air, but they were still on the air. No. And like, 
I, I can't say what he called him on on this show, but John Jones said, "Hey, you still there?" You know? Oh, I do remember that. <laughs> I do. And DC was like, "Yeah." <laughs> he was like, yo, he was like, you're so unbelievable. He's yo, like, I, you are the fakest person. <laughs> John, when I tell you, man, John, and, and oh, and this is what I will say really quick. I don't know if I've ever told this story on here. I'm, I might have. I might have told it recently. Um, I'm at, I, I worked at Buffalo Wild Wings on Crenshaw for anybody who knows. And I'm sitting up there. And shout out to Pernard. P. Neasy walks up and he was like, all right. Like, I'm the, I'm the front, desk super, like, front desk lead supervisor, whatever you want to call it. He comes up and he's like, all right, like, somebody's supposed to be coming. I don't know if he is or not, but if he is, just come get me. And I was like, all right, bet, cool. And this was when um, DC was fighting uh, Anthony Rumble Johnson. And I was like, all right, bet, whatever, I can do it. Who is it? He kind of looked over at me and he was like, John Jones. And I was <laughs> like, Johnny Bones Jones? And he was like, yeah. And I was like, all right, bro, for sure. And he went back to the manager office. And I promise you, bro, like 30 minutes later, I watched somebody walk in. White guy, black shoes, black jeans, black, almost like Steve Jobs, like turtleneck. And he yeah. walked in and he had on like some like some nice Ray-Bans, but they were like the thick black frames. Yeah. And when he walked in, he kind of looked around a couple of a couple of ways. So I was like, oh, okay, he's making sure it's no crowds first. And as soon as he did it, I was like, this is the real thing. I was like, you're here with John? And he was like, yeah, Pernard. And I was like, all right, give me a second. And when I went, I called Pernard. I came back to the front. And John was John had walked in, and he was looking up at the fight. And I was like, he should be on his way soon. Both of them turned around. They said, hey. And, oh, they said, thank you. And I was like, John E. And he turned around. And when I tell you John Jones walked around the counter and shook my hand and held a conversation with me. Really? And I told my dad from that day forward. Actually, actually before that day, I had never wrote, like, cheered against him i told my dad i can never cheer against john jones that i have that experience was that like five six years ago so whenever whenever daniel cormier fought dc or whenever daniel cormier fought anthony rumble johnson that second time so um it had to be somewhere between 20 i want to say maybe 2015 maybe so um when i met him then it was like it was like it's this you you can't beat this story and then he went to the back he had a private room of course he goes to the back um as the pay-per-view was going on people start to kind of get wind like john jones is in the building so people kind of start to kind of like it's it's like a it's like a, a tenant room almost so you kind of have to go up to the window literally and look in to see who's in there you had some people doing it and john was still kind of cool about it at the end of the fight at the end of pay-per-view rather you had fans like kids they kind of came up to the door and they were just like waving. And John got to a point to where John was like, John's, um, I want to say it was his manager or maybe his agent or something, came up there and was like, do you have a Sharpie? I was like, I do, actually. And I handed him the Sharpie. And um, John told our management team to form a line and let the kids in one by one. And John sat there for an hour after the fight. And signed autographs for kids and took pictures with kids to the point to where drunk people, drunk adults started to line up. <laughs> and they were like, well, he's signing autographs and da, da, da. And they were like, no, it's for kids. John stopped everybody and said, line them up too. Just bring them in. Bring them I, in one I, by that's one. That's awesome, man. That's really. His agent had to pull John out of there. As he was pulling John out, John was like, he said, I can't. Sorry, guys. <laughs> I said, how do you cheer? How do you root against a man like that? 
Yeah, like even when the the drug thing came out. That came out like a month after that. I looked at my dad and was like, so. It's not that it's a soul, but I kind of looked at him and was like, everybody has a life. Everybody has something that they are dealing with. So now I'm supposed to view him differently because he has a vice? We all do. Absolutely. So I was like, nah, bro, I don't care. I was like, I I want him to clearly take care of himself, clearly. And I know this isn't the point of your story, but I just can't. Well, it's not. (laughs) Buffalo Wild Wings has like private rooms. Yes, it does. We have we have a franchise, so or we had a franchise, so we didn't have like a corporate office to answer to. We had a specific owner who made right. certain things move, and he wanted a private room called the Champs Room, where you could essentially set it up. It was like six tables back there, and you could have a private room, and you could close the patio doors, and it was soundproof, <laughs> so you could be in there watching your separate fight, but only betting, and a single party could reserve it. Um, no. So for you could reserve it, yes. But sometimes there were moments where people, um, there were certain moments where people would show up, and let's say it's like a football Sunday. Yeah. You can't reserve the patio. I mean, you can't. Excuse me. You can't reserve the champs room, that private room, because we're just gonna leave it open. Because ah, it's football everything. Sunday, yeah, we need, need all everything. the seats possible. Right. But if it's a Tuesday and you got a, we used to host um fantasy uh, football draft parties in the champs room, stuff like that. So you got to be a high roller. <laughs> It do cost a little bit. Of, it costs a little bit to make sure you get that room because you you're secluded away from everybody. So think, you have your whole little setup. I think rappers should brag about that. <laughs> Buffalo always. Yeah, I got the private room. <laughs> All right, man, I'm done, <laughs> guys. When we get back, we're gonna wrap this show up. You guys are listening to Talk That Talk on 91.5 The Rebel HD2 KUNV Las Vegas. Who has a better champs room celebration, Wayne or Jay? Never mind. We'll talk about it later. Mm. The Nevada Broadcasters Foundation and the Tony and Linda Benici Broadcasting Scholarship Fund provides journalism students scholarships to attend Nevada's colleges and universities. As a scholarship recipient, I can personally attest to the impact this award has had on my life and my education. My name is Deonta Hagler. My name is Jason Taktagian. My name is Arturo Sanchez and I am a journalism student and member of UNLV's class of 2020. Thank you, Tony and Linda Bonici. Thank you, Tony and Linda Bonici. Thank you, Tony and Linda Bonici. And thank you, Nevada Broadcasters Foundation, for helping me jumpstart my career. Would your business survive a disaster? Nearly two-thirds of businesses aren't prepared for an emergency, and 40% of businesses that experience a disaster never recover. Make an emergency plan now before it's too late. For a free online tool that helps you develop an emergency plan to keep your business up and running should disaster strike, visit ready.gov forward slash business. Brought to you by the Federal Emergency Management Agency, the American Red Cross, and the Ad Council. The Rebel HD2. Welcome back. Welcome back to Talk That Talk on 91.5, the Rebel HD2, KUNV Las Vegas, the broadcast service of UNLV. I am your host, Terrell Chatterbox Emerson, in studio with Scarlet and Gray. Free Press writer, Salim Dweck. Let me go ahead and make sure I put this note in here. All right, so what do we have? Little under 35 minutes to go. And now we can talk. <sighs> Let's talk some basketball, man. Let's talk some basketball. I have plenty of things that I want to talk about. However... Can we talk about Paul Pierce? <laughs> I don't really want. <laughs> oh my gosh, bro! And you know what bothers me about this statement? You were here last week. 
when I told you Paul Pierce was one of my favorite players growing Let up. Let me preface this with the fact that I am a Miami Heat fan. Oh, my gosh. This is about to get ugly. And I'm from Inglewood. This is bad. Like, this is bad. Hate is a strong word. I'm going to let you have it. I strongly dislike that man. <laughs> oh, my gosh, bro. Just like... Like, he's just been... From the Dwayne Wade thing um, to, you know, when Pat Riley said, I feel like we're one big piece away. And then he said, if you're one big piece away, then everybody is. Which I think is a weird thing to say about a team that really is. I mean, when you look at it, like, one big piece away from getting to the finals. Right. And now this? <sighs> okay, man. I I can't. Okay. So this is what I'm, I'm reading this story now. From what? This is hoopshype.com. Oh, you're going to get me aggravated today. I, I am. I'm <laughs> definitely going to piss you off, and I apologize in yeah. advance. But um, Paul Pierce, 10-time All-Star, two-time NBA Finals appearances, one championship, one NBA Finals MVP, multiple game winners, I call game, things of that nature. Yes, we know Paul Pierce. We know that man. They don't love you like that. Oh, my gosh, bro. We're not doing this to an Inglewood legend. We're not doing this. But what I will say is he listed his top five of Michael Jordan, Kareem Abdul-Jabbar, Bill Russell, Magic Johnson, and Kobe Bryant. No comment. Before I touch that particular – nah, why not? Let me just go straight into the top five. Number one, um, I've always said this. It's nothing against Bill Russell because he does have 11 championships. However, the league was what it was back then, um, and his height was what it was back then. It's not his fault, but I'll again, this, it is man. what it is. If you played pre-merger, which was 76, like I, I can respect what you did and just say, you know, you were great, but it's so difficult to compare it to now, to today. Because those stats are a little bit misleading. The pace was a lot higher, you know, so, and then when you go back and look you know what just that's why i say like pre-merger you know like that's why like i could put kareem in my top five because he was good after he was kareem is probably i mean it just if i want to throw my list out there Mm -hmm. i can throw out my top 10 if you guys want my top 10 you want to do it right well do it right now hold on Oh, you know what? Well, while you're doing that, let me let me finish up on a Paul Pierce piece then, and we yeah, can get yeah, we yeah. can get into our top ten. So, before I even touch on Paul Pierce top ten or excuse me, top five, he um kind of mentioned, and this is what's interesting because Hoops Hype is saying, even though he said that a couple of days ago, two years ago, Paul Pierce claimed that LeBron James was already in the top five all time of basketball. That, that's the thing, man. Like a lot of these TV guys, like and don't get me wrong, because now Paul Pierce is a TV guy, right? I get it. You know, they need ratings. People flip flop. Like we talked about it with, with Stephen, Stephen A. a. Like he'll go so hard on one opinion, and then two weeks later, and he'll act like you said he'll act like he never said the previous thing. Absolutely, and it's great. I love it. <laughs> and it just it just brings in more viewers because you're like, that's not what you said. But um, but yeah, at the end of the day, this is the only issue that I would have with um Paul Pierce's top five. Number one, I already mentioned my issue that I have with Bill Russell. Um, after that. I'm not mad at you putting the all-time leading scorer in NBA history in your top five, so I'll take that. However, he is a Laker also. Yeah. So then I would think 
if you do have another lane for a Laker, it's probably only one. So maybe not three. And I, I just, me personally, I just don't know if I'm putting three Lakers in my top five. But granted, the Lakers are the biggest franchise. In or are history. we counting Braun as a Laker? Nah. Well, eh, he wore a Laker jersey. Yeah. So, I mean, it's like, eh. But, I mean, of course, like my top five, if I had to. Or you're doing your you're doing your ten, so I'm gonna let you I'm rock gonna, first. I'm gonna make you upset. I'm gonna let you rock. Let me make my ten too. You want my top ten? Yeah, right. go ahead and do your top ten while I make mine. Okay. Um, my top ten goes. Let's see. I got Braun, MJ, Kareem, Wilt, Shaq, Hakeem, Duncan. Magic, Kobe, KD. KD already? Yeah, absolutely. What if he doesn't win another one? What if all of his what if all of his titles are Golden State? Does that matter? No, not for me. Not for me at least, just because I mean the guy's been in the league since 2007, 13 years. I mean no, for me, and I think eventually when it's all said and done, KD's gonna be in my top five. I I've already said that. I think KD's gonna retire as an all time leading scorer. KD is a man. <laughs> he almost averages twenty seven on accident. Yeah, and that's not even like a like that's on average. Like that's like what he a, does. He does that in his. He sleep. rolls out of bed and does that on like efficiency, like very efficient, as super well. efficient. So, so if I'm looking at my list right now, and clearly I want more time to probably like go all the way through with it, but if I had to give you my top five right now. I'm trying to think in order, that's why. So if I had to give you my top five right now, I'm going MJ. Mm. I'm going, maybe I will be able to give you my top ten right now because I already see names. Um, I'm going MJ number one. Ugh. I'm going. Wait, this is, these are goats, right? These are, this is our goat conversation. So I'm going MJ. Yeah, just I'm going Kobe, I'm going Bron, I'm going Hakeem. And I'm going to go Shaq only because you couldn't stop him. Yeah, Shaq is, I think, my uh, fifth one. Like I'm going to only go Shaq because you couldn't stop him, but I, I was teetering between Shaq, Magic, and Duncan. So if, like, if I had to pick one, like I probably would throw Magic. But then that goes back to what I said before. There's multiple Lakers in there. But I'm thinking about like full-time tenured Lakers, yeah. which is why probably Magic would – Magic and Kobe is like – if I do Magic and Kobe, Kareem's not making my top five. And I feel like Kareem has to. And be I would feel like Kareem has yeah, to. Exactly. Has to be in top five. But my personal favorite, like if I had to really look at it and say like statistically in my top five, like who would I take out statistically because Kareem is better than, no doubt it's a king. But I just love I, Hakeem. I love Hakeem. And I, <laughs> like, I forgot one person on my list. And if I'm going only post-merger for the most part, and Wilt didn't really. I got Larry Bird on my top ten, too. I love Larry. If I took Wilt out and I, like, moved everything up a spot, mm -hmm. David, the Admiral, Robinson. Robinson. He didn't win until Duncan got there. That's where I'm going. But, yeah, Fair, the Admiral was still the Admiral. But, I mean, dude, like, the guy, like. I he was a freak was, of nature. There was a season where he was averaging almost five blocks a game while scoring 30 and getting 12. And like, dishing out four or five assists. Two steals. Bro. I mean, the guy. Have you seen his shoulders? 
Yeah, he's built like a tank. Like, that's what's kind of interesting to me. He was 7'1", but he was, like, then? Like, um, excuse me. If you compare him now, he's probably considered skinny, like, small. To see the Admiral then? Yeah, he was. Like, I had to call my dad not too long ago because I was watching the 94 Finals. I called my dad and was like, Doug, why is Otis Thorpe built like a linebacker? And he was like, Otis was huge. <laughs> I said, bro, he's only 6'8"? Let me tell you, man. I, I'm mad at the okay. Assuming I take Wilt off because pre-merger, right. and I've already established um, David Robinson's in my top ten, man. He is so, so good. I if we're doing that, and we're because I mean, granted, I don't because he did win a title. I mean, he, he won. Did. Was he on that 2013? Uh, no, no, just the 99. 99. So to be quite honest with you, too, like it's one of those things where when I look at like a name like the admiral a person who i like a lot is chuck charles i barkley. absolutely love chuck charles barkley's in see that's where like one to ten is is hard but like 10 to 20 is even, it's, it's, impo it's almost impossible. nearly impossible to like to be right in it because isaiah thomas should probably be in there somewhere it's like now you got to look at the hardens now you got to look at the westbrooks now you got to look at dwayne the Wade. different people with the dwayne wades the ai's it's very like AI. AI has to be in my top ten. He was six feet one sixty five. Yeah, I mean AI is in my top ten, bro. Because if he's six six, AI is perhaps the greatest player to ever live. If he's six six, I you know, like I said, man, top top ten is hard enough, but top ten ten to twenty, and then like it, it's impossible. There's too many great NBA players, like you know. The league has been around since 1946. Bro, if I'm doing this right now and I'm looking at it, I might I might take Hakeem out of my top five only to have him at six, and I might put Duncan in there. Um, Duncan, man. In, oh. in, in my top five. Because Duncan is – everywhere Duncan went, he won. And what I mean by that is one place, San Antonio. But what I mean by that is 20 years. 20 years. They didn't win before he got there. And if he's not the best. And they stopped winning once he left. And if he's not the best defensive player all, of all time, he's he's at least top five there too. Bro, he locks in. Tim, like, Stephen A. Smith tells this one story about DeMarcus Cousins getting getting in, getting in Duncan one day. You, you, know, you know the story? Yeah, I know. This, and he gave him pointers. Getting in him. He was getting in him. Uh, he might have. He might have did it twice then, because this is a separate story. I'm thinking oh, about. Never run, never run. He gave he back to back plays like up and under. Like had Duncan looking crazy. He said he went to the sideline and looked at the San Antonio bench and kind of told Pop he can't guard me. He said Duncan said he looked at Pop and he waved him off. Don't say nothing. Don't 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 worry about it. <laughs> he said three straight times down the court. Boogie got blocked by Duncan. Yeah, man. He said it was just one of those things. Duncan was chilling. Relax, bro. Calm down. I'm pacing myself out here. They said when he said it, they said his Duncan's eyes got big and he looked at Pop like, no, hold on. Relax. Leave him. No, leave me in. I'll take care of this. But, I mean, as much as I love Boogie, we've seen Boogie do that. Boogie is going to bully 80% of the league. But in situations like Duncan, it didn't happen. In situations like Zach Randolph, one of the greatest quotes to ever come out of a basketball game. Where I come from, bullies get bullied. In my hood, bullies get bullied. Bro, I remember Boogie looking at Zach and Zach looking right back at him. I love Z-Ball. You heard it, right? You heard what I said. I love Z-Ball, man. 
Like, bro, I'm, most most average human beings are not messing with Boogie or Zeba. Like, so in, in those situations, I think Duncan is another animal because you could put Duncan in any generation and Duncan's Duncan. Absolutely. So I'm going to take Duncan in my top five and I'm going to switch Akeem to six. But, um, oh, uh, seven because I'm going to go Magic six. But, um, again, man, looking at my top ten, my top ten would be MJ, Kobe, Hakeem, Bron, Shaq, Duncan, Magic, Bird, Kareem, AI. KD doesn't make it. KD's probably 11. If KD wins another title somewhere else, mm. KD might, might squeak in that top ten for me. Like I said, man, like when you – Rating guys like on a scale, it's, it's so, so hard. difficult, man. Like, which is why, like, it's fun to do, but like at the end of the day, I mean, I I don't think it matters too much. I mean, we know these guys are amazing. No doubt, man. Um, let me see really quick. Somebody um texts me about the podcast, so you got to make sure that that's up, make sure that that's solid. Um, but yeah, man. Um, really quick too. Now that I'm looking into my phone, rest in peace to Rocket. Rest in peace to Rocket. If you know anything about um, me and being back in L.A. and in that Crenshaw Slauson district, one of my homies. Yes, rest in peace, Rocket. One of my homies, Jordan, um, lost perhaps his best friend uh, last night. And we have plenty of stories about Rocket. But um, rest in peace to Rocket, man. As a person who has a paw print tattooed on my my wrist um, for a dog that I've lost, Jordan, it's in that family peace and love to you guys uh rocket is still running around that backyard um people don't understand and they like to downplay it a lot but losing a pet is hard losing a family member it's hard bro it's so difficult and if it's your pet it's like a kid bro like it it hurts dude which is why like i want to get like a like a cat or a dog because my roommate has a dog and i'm always like chilling with the dog got to is a pitbull named Moose. She's the best. Um, like I'm like, no, nah, I don't want it to die. <laughs> Man, I don't like. I want to get like my own dog or cat, but like I, you never want it to die. And that's kind of where I'm. That's kind of where I was at when when I lost Sassy, because that's what I got on my on my um arm right now. Oh, is that um, the yeah. paw print? Yeah, I got the paw print right here, and it says "Forever, my lady." Um, and. Shout out to Sassy. Rest in peace, Sassy. Rest in peace. Um, rest in peace to Cowboy. Uh, rest in peace to all the pups that we had, man. Um, and it, it's just one of those things to where when I first, when when Sassy passed away, I was kind of sitting there and I, I told my dad, of course, I didn't want another dog. I didn't want to be near it. I didn't want to I didn't want to go through it again. And everybody was telling me with as much love as I have in me, they were like, you've always been around a dog, so you're going to get another one. So, of course, four months after that, almost five months after that, I got Ace. And um, it, like you said, man, it kind of starts back over. Like you, you go right back into into that into that parent mode almost. Same situation happened with uh, Spade when I got his little brother. I got Spade, and now I got my two. But it's like you you tell me in in 2016 that I was gonna you know what I mean lose Sassy and get another dog after that two other dogs. I would have told you you were crazy. It's like a more serious form of a breakup. Yeah. Because sometimes people don't even want to get into relationships in the first place because they're afraid to. Okay, we're veering off here, but like. <laughs> Slightly. But it's the same deal. Like, you don't want to get, you know, you don't want to get involved in anything because you know it'll probably end. Exactly. It's like, it goes one or, it, it only goes one or two ways. You either are together forever or you're not. Exactly. Like, it's only one or two ways. So, and, and it's interesting, like you said, because when you get a pup, it's like, it's so, it's so 
unless you've been through a loss already, like it's so it's just happy. It's just happy times. And then when a time like this happens, that's when you kind of realize like, oh, like yeah. walking into the house and not being greeted by your pup is a is a feeling, bro. Yeah. Like that's that's you. something that you realize and you be like, wow. Like because when I lost Sassy, I couldn't be in the house for like a week. I was sleeping at other friends' houses. I was like around, going to different places. And people don't understand. Man. They don't understand, man. Unless you, unless you've actually had a pet that you, uh... yeah. If you just had a pet and you and you love the pet, I mean, people don't understand. But again, everybody's not meant to understand too. I said it on the podcast yesterday. We we've always said it, and I I go back and forth with it all the time. My my thing that I always say that I've heard people say, um, I'm responsible for what I say, not how you take it right because some people are hell-bent on misunderstanding you you could talk to a person till you're blue in the face and if their goal is to not understand you well there's a lot of people arguing in bad faith not arguing good faith so please please add to that um yeah like what you said like you can argue with somebody till you're blue in the face but if they're not if if their goal is not to like actively engage in a discussion where maybe their views can change depending on the information you provide them, then it's yes. pointless. Yo, why do people feel like it's a problem to get new information and change your and mind? And change your opinion. Because it's ego. It's all ego. It's like, bro, like okay, but this this is the only way I'm okay with it, is if you know that you're doing it. Like, for instance, I put Akeem in my top five. Mm. I tell a lot of people, does he belong in their top five? Probably not. Is he in my top five? Absolutely. It's just a preference. Yeah. Absolutely. Like, if I'm asking top five, I'm, I'm. That's why I asked you specifically. What are we talking? Are we talking goats or my top five? Yeah. Like, because if we're talking top five of basketball, top ten of basketball, I'm putting KD in that. Yeah. If we're talking my top ten, KD I, sits right outside of that. I hear what you're saying. I hear what you're saying. So I think it's just it's it's that small yeah, but like, little. Some difference. people are not. Like, I can tell when someone actually wants to, you know, actively engage in a discussion where it could possibly change their views. Or if people are just arguing just to argue and they're not, you know, they're closed-minded. And a it's all about ego, do. man. It really is. It really is. Speaking of which, I, I'd love yes, to get a cat. <laughs> I like cats. Daryl just got one. Oh, that's awesome. Daryl just got a cat. That's awesome. So, shout they, out to KB. Plus, like, some of them, sometimes they could live, like, 20 years. That'd be awesome, man. Yeah, and even then, bro, like, some dogs, too, depending on what dog you get. I've had dogs that, I mean, Sassy, when she passed, excuse me, I got Sassy in my 7th, 8th, 7th or 8th, 8th grade year. Sassy passed away my final year of community college. So, so I had Sassy for nine years. Nine years. So I had Sassy from when I was 12 or 13, essentially, to when I was 21. Like, that's... That's a long That time. was huge, bro. Like, I used to have a dog, Igor. Rest in peace. Rest in peace. He, uh... We had him, like, since 2002, and he died late 2013. Mm. But he lived total, like, 13 years, I think. Again, bro. 12. Because we had him... He was a rescue, but, you know. So, yeah, you could, you know... My aunt used to have this dog named Snowball. Mm. Little dog. He, you know, he lived to like eighteen. Yeah, it's possible, bro. No doubt. And even even thinking about that again, Jordan to the family, we love you guys. Um, Rocket is in a much better place. Rocket is up there playing with Sassy, playing with Cowboy, 
playing with Mac, playing with Spike, um, just you know what I mean. All the good dogs. Yeah, playing with playing with all the good dogs that went to heaven. So um, again, let's see what I'm gonna look at really quick. We got about 12 minutes left. Um, it's looking like the NBA is has chosen their or I shouldn't say chosen, but they're choosing their place in terms of where they're gonna finish out the season. And it's looking like it's gonna be the worldwide of sports or the worldwide world of sports down in Florida. It's looking like they're gonna be taking part in the NBA um uh postseason down there in Vegas at Disney World. Um one of the things that they kept saying that I guess kind of ruled Vegas out was that yes, Vegas had gyms to play ball in. Yes, Vegas had hotel accommodations. They said they felt like they had less of a chance to catch it in Orlando. Now, I I could uh did they just call us dirty? Yes. Um they did. I think they did. And, and you know, also I feel like from I cuz I, you know, live growing up in South Florida, I've been to Orlando a few times. Right. It is bigger. I mean, the population in Vegas is high. Don't get me wrong, but it's you can get from one side of Vegas to the other in like 35 minutes. True. And you just can't do that in most places in Florida. At least most big cities in Florida. So maybe it's the fact, maybe slightly less population density. But other than that, I, I do think... I don't like the fact that they called us dirty to the world. Like everybody. Yeah, I don't like, like All of us. Like they were like, yeah, nah, like... Well, I mean, Y'all the got life- to the space, but like... Nah. The nightlife isn't even open, though, so that wouldn't, you know. Oh, it's open. It is? Mm. Are we talking, okay, are we official nightlife? No. Okay, that's what I mean. So I guess not. And by the way, they need to <laughs> they need to close uh, those day, day pool parties or whatever. Yo, those things are cesspools, bro. Dude, I saw a video today on Instagram of, like, all these people in Lake Ozark or whatever. Oh, I seen that. Let me tell you something, man. I can I, like I watch, I can watch a horror movie, see a lot of blood, and I won't do it. I visibly gagged, bro. That some people just don't care. It's so like it's so disgusting just to drink like overpriced Miller Light <laughs> in a pool with like oh my god, <laughs> overpriced Miller Light, dude. Okay, even, bro. Even if you don't get sick, or even oh if there wasn't gosh. a pandemic going on, I don't see how you could enjoy that. I, <clears throat> and by the way, I'm never oh, eating at a at a buffet ever again unless it's not self-serve so you're never eating at a buffet again unless they have the one... people back there doing it yeah yeah <laughs> they not, I, you're actually, gonna find like two of those it makes you think like was i really doing this before yes all these people touching the same pair of tongues filthy bro i hope people's way of living changes after this. like i hope people stop hugging like i hope people <laughs> stop touching like i sincerely hope people stop talking to me two inches from my face like bro back up dude the other day this dude, like, he tried to, like, shake my hand. We were in some, um, I was with my, we were socially distancing. Right. I was with my friend. He introduced me to this other guy, and he was going to shake my hand. I was like, nah, bro. It's nothing personal. Yeah. He's like, oh, why? The, the virus? I'm like, yeah. That would yes. Be, that, that, would be, that would be it. Yeah. Yeah, you know, the, the thing that, they, that they're calling a pandemic. Now. Yeah, 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 that one, that, you know. That thing. You, you, should, you should probably be careful of that, too. No, it's just a media hoax, man. Like, all right, bro, you can have it. You trust me, you can have all of it. Um, really quick, let me go ahead and find the tip in my dad sent me really quick. All right, let's see what we got. Okay, cool. He said it was kind of hard to come up with something since uh, the sports world has come to a screeching halt. He said, but uh, here we go. 
He says, since the Lance Armstrong story is about to be shown, let's talk about him. His story was a was a hero story at first. Beating. Oh, OK. Um, oh, see, is it metastatic? I think it's metastatic metastatic testicular cancer in 1996 and returning um and returning the next year to cycling he had been a great cyclist before um before the cancer winning minor awards but never won but never winning a big one the tour de france i remember winning after winning his first it was a good um it was a feel-good story the underdog the underdog beating the odds he went on to win seven tours. Let me cut this brightness back up. He went on to win seven tours throughout his career. The speculations of him using PED uh, PED started to increase, and unfortunately, it was later proven that he tested positive before uh, before each Tour de France race, and he also finally admitted it. My bottom line is the fact um, that being a sports fan, I remember when those player when the players played for the love of the game. Now it's big contracts, fame, etc. It used to be what? Okay. I don't know why I'm getting these notifications. Uh, where, is it? where is it? It used to be if you struggled to get to the top of your sport, the answer was becoming a student at a game, becoming a gym rap, and becoming a gym rap, and being just that much better than the adversary. Essentially, aka the Mamba mentality. As great as it was, as great as he was, it took Jordan seven years to win his first title. We. T- how come Brian doesn't get that same respect though? But anyway, he gets um, held to a different standard. He that's absolutely. A, that's a different. Does. That's like, a different. People wanted Brian to win at 22, and it's like, dog, he took him. With Booby, shout out to Booby Gibson. Uh, I will keep saying that LeBron's running mate was Ira Nubel. Like LeBron had time spent. We can do an, an entire show on that. You're right. Let's 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 <laughs> move on. My bad. Um. So let me go back to that point. As great as he was, it took Jordan seven years to win his first title. It didn't come right away. He had to perfect his dominating style. Players now would rather take the easy route to success while risking damaging their bodies in the process, and also risking losing all that you have worked so hard to achieve. Excuse me. And when it is revealed that um, and, it, and when it is revealed that they did go to PED route, hard work and preparation, um, meeting opportunity. That's the real road of a champion. I kind of like that, actually. Hold on. I like it. hard work and preparation, meeting opportunity. That's the real road of a champion. I like it. That's a bar. I like it. I that feel last thing is a bar. Like uh, Lance Armstrong, like it was a little different in cycling just because everybody was cheating. <laughs> Yeah, but see, but how much of it do you look at your, like, I'll put it this way. If it came out that Bron is doing all of this in his 17th year, everybody's like, oh, my God, Bron is, is outstanding. And then it comes out that Bron is using PEDs. Yeah. You'll have a person like Dwight Howard that'd be like, well, I did my resurgence yeah. clean. Like, so if I take PEDs, do I go back to being Superman? What happens if Giannis take PEDs? Game over. Like, it's bro, already game over. Like, come on, man. If Giannis takes PEDs, like, what are we going to do? So how much of it was them looking at their their biggest name do it? Like honestly man, like I I feel like if if everybody else is doing it and okay, not in every sport, but cycling being that it's a pretty much a solo sport. Right. It's uh, grueling though. It's I mean, oh my god. Such a grueling sport, bro. And to call that a sport is like, uh, that's like a punishment. Yeah, like, it really is. That's a punishment. I got to ride see, the bike like, this way? You ever see the the indoor uh, cycling when they're on like the... You I don't think that? so. I think oh, you, my, no, you insane, might man. You got to see videos of that. Like, I have to. They're right next out. to each other like like this. One little movement, they go fly. <laughs> so how often do people wipe out? 
I've seen so many videos of people wiping out. That looks so dangerous. Like, but going that fast, wiping out? Oh my god! And it's like a like a relatively like small track. It's like Mario Kart. That's what I'm saying. So I picture a lot of bumps and bruises. Oh, absolutely. And they're going super <laughs> fast at an angle, like at angles you know that are not good for human safety. Somebody was talking about uh, NASCAR at work, and somebody was like, "Man, I don't watch that." And they were like, "Why?" He was like. It's 188 left turns. Yeah. He was like, I'm not doing it. He's like, they don't make not one right turn. I'm not doing it. Yeah, no disrespect to... Uh, I love NASCAR. Don't do that. They have... Uh, I read like some of them are like 600 miles. Like you got to yeah. do. Like Daryl Earhart Jr. is my GOAT. So I'm going to just shout out my GOAT real quick. I never really watched NASCAR. Really? The closest I've gotten to it is that movie Cars with Lightning McQueen. All right. This is the time where we start to wrap up the show because Salim is turning into Florida Man as we speak. It's like watching a werewolf transition. Um, it's, like it's, it's slowly gonna happen guys watch he's about to start screaming about hollywood florida in a second um oh, man. you got anything him. you want to end this week um yeah the way they did uh what what was his friend's name the, the tractor uh mater mater yeah mater they did him dirty man um <laughs> one more car as a reference just for you guys before we get out of here but yeah that that's it for me uh you coming back next week? Yeah, man. We could talk standings next week. We could figure out um, if this play-in thing is going to be a real deal. We'll see if um, sometime during this next six or seven days if they talk to us and let us know that something is coming in terms of uh, play-in games. I think it will be interesting when you add certain teams like if they add in a Chicago, if they add in a, um, a, a Portland into play-in games. I'm thinking about certain people, and I'm looking at – a Damian Litter and I'm looking at a Zach Levine and given the opportunity and my teacher shout out to Miss Paul from high school she always told me one thing she said she could read a class and everybody was like what you mean she was like I could look at you guys now and pretty much gauge where you're going to be about 20 years from now at the 20 year reunion and when she got to me I won't necessarily say exactly what she said but one of the things that she pinpointed she was like the reason why I say that what I said about you is because you like being a decision maker, whether or not things go according to plan or things fail. She said you live better with the result knowing that you had a choice in the outcome or knowing you had a hand in the outcome. Mm. She was like, you are that kind of like you're that hands on. So that's kind of what I get when I look at a Damian Lillard or a Chicago. They're, they may lose. They're gonna give it their all. I'm going to get my buckets up. Oh, one thing before <laughs> I'm getting we go. mine up. One thing before we go. Yes, sir. Okay, uh, NBA returns, and you have to take a test every day. Mm-hmm. What happens, like, in a finals game? If somebody tests positive. If Braun or Giannis are, like... Got to quarantine them for two weeks. You miss the rest of the finals. Oh, my God. Can't risk everybody else getting sick. Oh, no, I know for sure. I agree with yeah, that. It's but just, it's just it's such a that's, risk. That's cr- Oh, man. <laughs> You, you could a, have guys like like end of the bench guys purposely going out and getting it and coming back and trying to like inf- <laughs> so so if at any point we see Dante DiVincenzo on Braun we know something's wrong yes yeah we know something right away like why Maverick, are you on him Maverick Carter's goons if DJ Wilson <laughs> is out there <laughs> like guard, and shout out to DJ Wilson because I like I actually like DJ but anyway Cl- clutch sports send an agent out <laughs> <laughs> again guys this is talk that talk. I'm real. That's Celine. Until next week.
keep on talking. We talk to talk from the shots is called to the tomahawks to the league boss and the ones who lost give it to me once I don't drop the ball to the home runs that was out the park. Kershaw when I'm pitching off. Kobe the Howard, he looking soft. LA Rams in the city, y'all. Got special guests, got breaking news. Come talk to talk with Chatterbox.